Have you ever been in a situation that has had two sides to it? And I believe that I'm almost sure that every single one of us has had that situation in life. Today we're going to talk about a sermon and a topic that I believe is relevant to all of us. I believe everyone watching this broadcast and watching this service, you can identify with the phrase that says there's two sides to every coin. And uh, depending on your perspective, good side, bad side, this is a phrase that we use literally in every sphere of life. I've used it in business. I've used it in church. I've used it in family. I use it in relationship. I use it to judge people's character. There's two sides to every coin. Matter of fact, not only do we use it in the daily life, but even in sports, there are some teams that when they're going to decide who's going to play and who's going to start off, they flip a coin. And so somebody calls heads, somebody calls sales. And so life, for many of us, we can relate with the concept of the coin. But for us today, the coin is an acronym. It represents four things that we need to do, four words that is going to lead us toward somewhere that I believe God wants to take us. For us today, coin, the acronym coin is crossing over into new. Crossing over into the new. And for that, I want to draw your attention, if you will, and join me as we read a writing of King David. King David, who is one of the greatest heroes in the Bible. He is one of the greatest kings of Israel. And he writes in chapter 22 from the perspective of the flip side of the coin. And listen to what he says in Psalms chapter number 22, verses 1 through 7. He says, my God, and then he emphasized it, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now let me pause that right there. Because several thousands years later, Jesus on the cross is going to quote David in Psalms 22. It is at the cross that Jesus says, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, or my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's footnote. Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not disappointed. But look what he says. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. What a perspective David has of himself. If we were to go by the law of Flipping the coin, what side of the coin do you think David was looking at when he was evaluating his life? He writes this poem, he writes this song while going literally through one of the most difficult moments in his life. The psalmist's perspective of God in this moment in his life is the season in his life that is at his worst. Listen to me, church. David's perspective of God is so horrific to the point that now his own perspective is tarnished. The way he sees God in this moment in his life, 
He doesn't see God as the God that gave him power to, and strength and wisdom and courage to overcome Goliath. He doesn't see God in that light, not in this scripture. When he went to fight Goliath, he said, I want you to know uncircumcised that you have defiled the armies of the Lord and, and, and the Lord of God. I want you to know that God is going to give me the power and I'm going to cut your head and I will defeat you and all of Israel will know that there is a God in Israel. But in this chapter, chapter 22 of Psalms, he's not, he's not dealing with life from that perspective. He's dealing with life with a perspective of being downcasted. The psalmist's perspective of God in this season in his life was that of a God that leaves us alone, that leaves us unguided, and that leaves us unloved. And he cries out saying, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To the point that his perspective of God affected his own perspective. To the point that he declares in what he writes, he saw himself lesser than his predecessors. He saw himself lesser than his co-neighbors to the point that he considers himself and he calls himself a worm. Have you ever been in that juncture in your life where you feel you're below everybody, under everybody? You feel that because of your circumstance, you don't qualify, you don't match up, you don't fit, and the devil begins to whisper in your ears that you're nothing but a worm, you're nothing but a useless piece of dirt, of person, insignificant. This is what David is going through. The guy who at one point killed the giant now is saying, I'm nothing but a worm. The one who at one point said, the one who at one point was anointed by the prophet to be king over Israel in this moment in his life, he's declaring, I'm nothing but a worm. Let me ask you a question. How is life treating you? How is life working in you to the point that you begin to lose perspective of God's calling over your life and you allow your circumstance to dictate who God has called you to be? But let me give you some prerequisites, church, because there are some prerequisites. Let me tell you, David was living chapter 22 in chaos. David was living in chapter 22 undermining himself but you cannot enjoy listen to me you cannot enjoy psalms 23 unless you go through psalms 22 psalm 22 is the negative side of the coin but psalms 23 is the positive side of the coin so what do you do what do you do in between chapter 22 and chapter 23 because in chapter 23 he's going to say the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he lays me he makes me lie down beside still waters he restores my soul he heals me he comforts he's my pastor though i walk through the valley what allowed david church to be able to change his perspective there's four things that david was able to do prerequisites that David needed in order to see the other side of the coin. And I want to submit that to you today. The first thing David had to do was he needed to persevere, which is perseverance. Listen to me, church. If you are going to see the provision of God in your life, if you want to experience God usher you from the negative to the positive, from the hell to glory, here's what you and I need to do. We need to understand that there is one thing God needs of us, and that is a spirit of perseverance. Now more than ever, we need to stand firm. Now more than ever, we need to persevere. Now more than ever, we cannot pack up our bags and leave. No, God is calling us in the middle of your negative moments of your life to simply persevere. God tells Moses, which literally means to persevere, literally means to stand still, to don't move, to be immovable. 
Look what God tells Moses and the people of Israel. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, church, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring to you this day. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Why? For the Lord will fight for you. You need only to stand still. So if you're going to transition from the negative to the positive, from the pain to the blessing, from the crying to the rejoicing, the first thing you need to do, your first prerequisite is stand still. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16, verse 13, he says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. And be strong. In order to become the person God has called you to be, church, you need to be watchful. You need to stand firm in the faith. You need to be a medicine. Some of us, we're wimps and we're wussies and we're, we're whatever you want to call it when things get tough. But I'm here to encourage you today that when things get rough and things get tough, that's not the time to run and pack your bags and leave. No, when things get tough, that is the time to stand, to be watchful and stand in the faith and not be cowards, but be strong in the Lord to overcome God's purpose for our lives, church. The Bible, listen, there's a lot of, people say that, that nothing is written on cowards. A lot of things is written about cowards, but nothing good. But those of us that persevere, those of us that stand, those of us that are in the middle of a fight, yet you're willing to stand and persevere. Let me tell you, this thing called the gospel, this thing called the Christian walk is a constant ongoing fight. That's why Paul, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, he gives us his whole weaponry where he says, put on the whole armor of God. And look what he says in chapter 13 to verse 17 of 6 of Ephesians. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil come, you may be able to stand your ground. Stand your ground. Perseverance, stand your ground. Listen to me, church. Evil days will come. Days of trials will come. And some of y'all are going through a tribulous moment right now. Some of us are going through crisis right now. And I'm here to tell you, your crisis does not mean absence from God. No, God is telling you through the writer of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, that God has given us weapons, that God has given us the armor, that God has given us the equipment so that we don't pack up and go, but rather to stand. He says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, what? Fight, cry, weep, go through your process. After you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. Then he talks about what you have to put on the belt or on your waist, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet with the readiness of the gospel, taking the shield of faith, so you can be able to extinguish all of the evils, arrows of the enemy, take out the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the number one prerequisite you need, church, as the coin in your life flips, is perseverance. Second thing you need, patience. You need patience. The flipping of a coin 
in your life ain't going to happen overnight. The flipping of a coin in your life ain't going to happen in, in two, three hours. The flipping of the coin in your marriage is not going to resolve overnight. The flipping of the coin in your, in your finances is not going to change overnight. The flipping of the coin in the relationship with your children, that's not going to happen overnight. You and I need patience. Look what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and 4. It says, and patience ah, produces character. And character produces hope. Listen, if you and I are people of faith, we should be growing in character and we should be growing in hope. And I'm here to tell you, church, when things get tough and when things get rough, what you and I need to activate is the capacity to be patient and stand firm in the promises of God, knowing that patience will develop my character, church. While you're waiting on God to do a miracle, while you're patient, waiting on God to do a miracle, you know what patience does to you? It builds a character. It gives you the capacity to not go crazy. It gives you the capacity to not lose your mind. It gives you the capacity to continue to believe in God in spite of what you're going through. So the Bible says, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. Why does it produce hope? Because you're not dying. Because you're standing. Because you're waiting and patience makes you strong and patience makes you solid and patience makes you immovable. And the more immovable you are, the more you begin to believe. If I withstood all this I've been through, if I've gone through all that I've been through and I'm still standing in character, well, then I believe that God did not allow everything I'm going through so that I can go backward. No, if he allowed me to go through all this and I'm still standing and I'm growing in my character, well, then I believe that bigger, greater and stronger things God has in store for my life. Prerequisites for the flipping of the coin. We need to be able to have patience. We need to be able, listen to me church, to have perseverance. Here's number three. We need to wait. Waiting. Waiting. Whoa, we hate, sometimes we hate, we hate waiting on lines. We hate waiting in the, to get called. We hate waiting now with this whole coronavirus, six feet distance. We hate waiting, but I'm here to tell you that the Bible says, Psalms chapter 40, verse 1, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. I can't wait, I cannot wait frustrated on the Lord. I cannot wait anxious on the Lord. I cannot wait desperate for the Lord. I know the psalmist says, I waited patiently. On the Lord. And look at what happens. He turned to me and heard my cry. So we need perseverance. We need patience. We need to be able to wait or waiting. And lastly, we need believing. We need to believe. You need to believe while you're waiting. And while you're struggling, and while you're going through your process, and while patience is taking its toll on you, and while you're perseverance, you need to believe. And this is why Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, he says, everything is possible for those who believe. Everything is possible for one who believes. And these are the four prerequisites that David had to go through when reading Chapter 22 of Psalms, verses 1 through 7 and 8. He's, he's going through this, 7, he's going through this process of the negative side of the coin. He's going through this process where he's doubting his God. 
He's doubting himself. You were there for my forefathers. You were there for my predecessors. You're not there for me. He was able to say, God, I, I, I don't have a high value of myself to the point that I even consider myself to be a worm. I am not even worthy to be called human. Call me a worm. But in the process of perseverance, in the process of patience, in the process of waiting, and in the process of believing, now look what the Bible says. Look what the Bible says in that same chapter, verses 8 through 11. He says, he trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Verse 9, yet you brought me out of the womb. <laughs> you made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. From birth, I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God, do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. We begin to see that David's perspective began to change. He's no longer calling himself a worm. He's no longer saying he's unworthy. He's no longer putting himself in a second class of, of human life. No, no, no. Now he begins to say, no, no, no. I was made by you. You knew me when I was in my mother's womb. You brought me out of the womb. You made me to trust you. And now his perspective began to change. What happened in the middle of verses 7 and 8? What happened? Oh, perseverance, patience. Listen to me. Perseverance, patience, waiting, and believing. Do you have what it takes to persevere, to wait, to have patience, and believe? So you get to see the flip side of that coin. Do you have what it takes, church? I'm, out. I'm speaking to you, church. Do you have what it takes? Do you have the capacity to remember that before you've been through this hell like David, God anointed David to be king? Do you have the capacity to remember that in spite of what you're going through, there's an anointing over your life? In spite of what you've been through, there's a calling over your life? In spite of your current circumstance, there is a power in doubt in you, church. David says, Verse 1 through 7, oh, God, nobody loves me. You left me. I'm not worthy. But verses 8 through 11, his perspective changed. He was in the same city. He was in the same town. He was in the same di dialogue. He was in the same environment. But his perspective changed because he believed, because he was patient, because he waited. Listen to me, church. I'm telling you today. That the psalmist was able to see the other side of him. Just like God endeavors for you and I to see the other side God has for us. But you need to understand this. And once, you under once we understand this, we will be okay with whatever life brings us. We need to understand that life does not give us a one-sided coin. Y'all seen the movie Batman? You know, you know that, that, that villain with Two-Face, his name is? He had a coin, and it was the same fact. Life is not like that. Life, you're going to get a head face, and you're going to get a tail face. And you and I, we need to settle in our, in, our, in our hearts and in our mind that life, that life does not give us a one-sided face. But it gives us both sides. It gives us the good and the ugly. It gives us tears, and it gives us joy. It gives us last, laughter, but it gives us mourning. Listen to me, church. And you must be willing, you must be willing to persevere until you can bring out coin, which is cross over 
into the new. You need to persevere until you can cross over to the new. You need to be faithful until you can cross over into the new. You need to be uh, holding on to the promises of God until you can cross over into the new church. But you have to embrace the good and the bad. You have to embrace the good and the bad. Y'all know the story of Job in the Bible, in the book of Genesis? Job went through hell and high water. Job went through the most difficult situation a human being can go through in one single day. But look what he says in chapter 2, verse 10 of the book of Job. Look what the Bible says. But Job replied, and I said Genesis because Job was written before Genesis, my correction. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. He's telling his wife. Should we accept only good things from God? Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? Should we always accept the good things God gives us and not the, look what he's saying. Then the Bible says, and so in all of this, Job said nothing wrong. Another version says, and in all of this, Job did not commit sin. Job lost his flocks. He lost his cattle. He lost all of the animal livestock. Job lost all of his children in a party. In one day, in one day, in one, listen, some of us, we lose $20 in two weeks and we're depressed. In one day, Job lost all of his children. Building collapsed, killed all of his kids. That same day, he lost all of his cattle. He lost all of his oxen. He lost all of his sheep. He lost it all. And look what he says. He says, are we only going to accept the good things of life? Or anybody can praise God when you got your children. Anybody can praise God when you got all the money. Anybody can praise God when your car don't break down. Anybody can praise God when things go your way. Anybody can praise God when everybody likes and applauds you. Everybody can, but now, in the same day, everything went sour. And look what Job says. I am going to praise God as much as I did when I had it all. That's living life with a perspective of glory. He says, I'm going to praise the Lord. If I was grateful when I had everything, I need to learn how to see God when I have nothing. If I was grateful when I had abundance, I need to see God even when I have nothing. And there's something about you and I beginning to see life from that perspective that now the devil, it doesn't matter what he throws you. You're living at a higher level in God that you're content whatever your circumstance is. But you and I, we have to embrace God's will in our lives. Yeah, we like the day. But you and I, we have to embrace the night of life. We have to embrace the night of life. We know what happens. There's a song in the 80s that came out that said the freaks come out at night. Crimes rate goes up at night. And people have a tendency of connecting nighttime with bad, evil doing. But I'm here to tell you, you and I, we need to embrace the night as well as the morning. And the psalmist says in chapter 30, verse 5, look what he says. He had a perspective. He says, for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his love lasts a lifetime. Look what he says. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. That's perspective. That's understanding. 
that regardless the side of the coin God allows you to live, you can say, okay, nighttime, I, I'm going to cry. But joy is coming in the morning. What is he saying? It ain't always going to be nighttime. The sun will eventually come out. Things will eventually turn in my favor. But what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He says, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. And in that lifetime is the dark days and the day and the light days. In that lifetime is the good times and the bad. He says, whether it's good or bad, whether it's night or day, whether it's ugly or not so good. He says, his favor lasts a lifetime. So we see the psalmist declaring that. Jesus himself endured the hard side of Calvary. Jesus himself endured the hard, the hard side. Why? Because he was not enduring the hardship because he wanted to endure it. He was enduring it. He already had a perspective of that which was about to come before him. Look what the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Two sides of the coin. The author is one side. The beginning. The finisher is the author, is the end. And the Bible says, I'm going to look unto Jesus because in Jesus, when I flick the coin and is the author, is Jesus. If I flick the coin and is the finisher, is Jesus. Jesus is the alpha, the omega. He's heads and tail. So I will look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. <laughs> He went through hell thinking about joy. He went through Calvary thinking about joy. He went through the whips thinking about joy. He went through the pain thinking about joy. He got nailed in his hands on his feet thinking about the joy. That's living life on the other side of the coin, church. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And look what happens. Look what happens. And has sat down at the right hand. So what side of the coin are you living in? What side of the coin are you in? And regardless of the side that you're in, understand what coin represents. Coin represents crossing over into the new. God has something new for you. God has something greater for you. God has things that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor enter into the heart of man. Those things... You need to go through your nighttime before you go through the morning. Those things, you need to go through your pain before you go through your glory. Those things, you need to go through your sufferings before you can sit at the right hand of the Father. And so today, let us learn from David, who in chapter two, 22, he is in despair. But read chapter 23, if you will. Flip side of the coin. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me to his name of holy. He leads me to righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He anoints my head with oil. That's what he says. And then he says, flip side, and do I go to the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff will comfort me. Look what he says. And then he ends up saying, 
Surely I say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to challenge you today to cross over. I want to challenge you in the middle of the bad side of life, live out coin. Cross over into the new. In the middle of your tears, cross over into your new. In the middle of your pain, cross over into your new. How am I going to do it, Pastor? Perseverance, patience, waiting, and hope. How? Perseverance, patience, waiting, and hope. So if you're watching this broadcast, and friend, you do not have Jesus in your life. The enemy will flick the coin in your life and you go crazy and you lose control. And you feel like David fell in chapter 22, like a worm. But if you give God an opportunity to come inside your heart, he will change you. He will give you a different perspective on life and Together by the hand, you and Jesus, you'll be able to say, though I walk through the valleys and shadow of death, I will fear. So what do you need to do, you may ask, to have Jesus as a companion in your life? Invite him. Receive him. Acknowledge and declare to him that you are a sinner, that you need a Savior, that the only way you can get right with God is through Jesus Christ. That the only one that can give you the capacity to see greatness even in the worst moment is God, through Jesus. So here's what you need to do. You need to repeat this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I heard your word and I believe that you're God and you have a plan for my life. And I receive Jesus as my God, as my Savior, and as my King. I promise to serve you. I do away with my sinful living ways. And I embrace your plan your life, and your will for my life. And if you help me, God, I promise that I will serve you for the rest of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And I believe you made that prayer. You are on journey for that process of salvation. This prayer you just made is not the end of salvation. It's only the beginning. Now, you need to walk with Christ. How do you do it? Well, here's what I want you to do. Look at the number on the screen. And I want you to right now go get your smartphone, shoot me a text on that number, and give me, write me your name and email, a way we can contact you so that our office and our team and our, and our wonderful staff can reach you, connect with you, and together help you understand that regardless of the side of the coin we're living in, the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. And to you, New Birth, I charge you, be faithful. New Birth, I charge you, March forward new birth i charge you don't go backwards new birth keep on going forward and regardless what life brings your way understand that if god is by your side listen i would rather walk with jesus through fire and flames than walk without jesus through green pastures i would rather be with jesus in the middle of a valley of shadow and of death. 
So if you're going through the fire and Jesus is with you, baby, you're going to make it. If you're going through the fire and God is with you, you will overcome. Just persevere. Be patient. <laughs> Have faith. And stand firm. And you will see God work on your behalf to the glory of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen.